Welcome into the newest episode of Side Mission. Uh, like always, I'm your host, Rusty Ellis. Today, joined by just two of the boys, Thacker and Kyle. And today, we are talking about what has become quickly one of our favorite games of the year, Last of Us Part 1. And yes, it's a remake, not a remaster. I think anybody who calls this a remaster is fucking stupid or you're just a hater. So, I don't really know what to tell you there. It's 100% a remake. So, let's go ahead and get right into it. This is, first of all, a very different experience for me because... I'm very used to, over the course of this podcast, and Kyle, you can attest to this, I have often been the one that has tried new games that I don't normally play. I've tried new franchises I don't normally play. But this time around, it's you that is playing the game for the first time. Thacker, you played it for the first time as well. And I am the one that has played this game a shit ton because I've beaten this game far too many times. Uh, Kyle, the beginning of this game. Let's, beginning of the game. Let's let's talk about this because I, I know that you had no idea what to expect when you first started. Yeah, I I knew that everybody had always said that this is one of the greatest PlayStation games, you know, ever. And after playing this, I I now see why. From the very start, I was so and captured and how beautiful everything looked like when you first get control of Sarah and you're just looking around at everything it was so much fun to just kind of explore and you know the setting really really was done so well uh, all the way up you know to the part where one <laughs> this is one of my favorite parts where you are running down the street carrying Sarah and you see this building just on fire and it's reflecting off of the pavement on the street and there's just people all around screaming and running in all different directions there's you know infected attacking people and it's such a terrifying part of the game because you just feel so defenseless and you're just running trying to get to safety i from that point was I knew I was in for a ride. And there's not a lot of games, in my opinion, that can make you feel something early on in the game, let alone 15 to 20 minutes in. And when Joel's daughter died, that was such an emotional scene. It really, really... And then the cut to, you know, title card was just so sudden. and it, It's very jarring, isn't it? it? <laughs> like, you don't expect yeah, it, that. <laughs> exactly. I was just in awe. I, I didn't know what to say. I was just sitting there like, what the hell did I just see? But, yeah, it's it, it really does. It, it brings you in just so early in the game. And it, I, I have nothing but good things to say about this game to be honest honestly like Kyle you hit it on the head like especially that ending of the prologue I had to watch that twice my dude once <laughs> watching you do it and then again to myself and that that was heart-wrenching um, especially because like as Rusty said this is mine and yours first time playing this you asked the question of, does Joel find Sarah in the second game? And before I could even answer that, Rusty was like sending me messages of, 
don't answer that, not knowing anything about it. That is funny because I honestly, Thacker, I had no idea you that you didn't know how that went. I I didn't know it was your first time playing the game until you told me. Yeah, no, I, it was one of those where it just. I'm in the same boat as Kyle. I heard it was one of the best PlayStation games, um, but I didn't really start playing PlayStation games until I got the five, because the four was nothing more than just kind of. I don't want to say a paperweight, but it was just there for us to kind of stream with. So I was mainly on my Xbox all the time. But that's an unpopular like, opinion that we can discuss another day. <laughs> look, I'm not getting into that one today. <laughs> uh, but no, it was just one of those where the game was fantastic. Uh, Especially getting started with it, I now see why you have beaten this game probably two hundred times now. It's been quite. It's been quite a few times. <laughs> quite a few times. Next challenge is grounded. Whoo! No, thank you. I'm fucking good. No, thank you. Yeah, hell no. Grounded is I'm probably like I've played some hard games. Grounded is probably like the hardest game mode I've seen across all games. Like it's hard enough to the point where there are people that'll tell you that if you go into a combat encounter and you use too much ammo, you might as well reset the encounter and try again because literally a one bad encounter can fuck you for the rest of the game. Like that's how hard grounded is. Like there are a lot of people that'll say that that because ammo is just so scarce and resources are so scarce that you use one too many Molotovs or one too many bullets and, you know, you're, you're doing nothing but meleeing the rest of the game. Uh, but back on this game's story, I, I 100%, I, I said in our top 10 games, you know, of all time episode that we did, that I think that God of War has the best video game story of all time. God of War 2018, that is. And I still hold to that, but I think that with Last of Us Part 1 being released... I'm quick to be reminded how great that story truly is because just the character development in both Joel and Ellie when you meet her and their relationship, the dynamic and how it changes. uh, I don't think I've seen a video game other than God of War 2018 pull that off because it's very hard in a video game to get people to like characters. It's not easy to make that happen. Like in a TV show, you kind of know why who it is you're who you're, is you're rooting for and why you're supposed to like them, and it's that tone is set right away. In movies, it's kind of the same thing. In video games, it takes a little bit of time in every game you play to set that up, and it can't be rushed. And I think that's why this game does it well, is because it's a relationship that grows over the entirety of the game. Uh, Kyle, just talk a little bit about that relationship because. Again, it's very interesting how you go early on from Ellie and Joel. They really don't like each other. They borderline hate each other. And yet, by the time you get, you know, about, you know, three quarters of the way into the game, it's like a father and daughter relationship. Yeah, I. I really, you know, when you first meet Ellie, I was like, oh, you know, I want to like this character. But she was kind of you know, really mean to Joel, like, yep. <laughs> you know, to be fair, he had his asshole moments, but, like... Big facts. 
you know, it, it was almost like you were supposed to dislike both of these characters, you know, because they were just being so mean to each other. And then, like you said, over time, it grows and, you know, you start seeing these more, you know, uh, um, character building moments like there is one scene that really stuck out to me when um they got to uh uh tommy's place yeah and ellie and joel are talking you know she's gonna end up staying with tommy and he's gonna leave and ellie is telling him that you know this whole time you just wanted to get rid of me and Joel didn't really know what to say. He was just kind of sitting there, you know. Yeah. Like, well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> then Ellie goes into this whole, uh, you know, thing about how everybody, you know, in her life since, you know, the start of all of this has either abandoned her or died. And now Joel's just trying to do the same thing to continue the cycle and that was a real emotional moment where it makes you feel for Ellie's character and it's it's a really a really difficult thing to do i think to balance you know the gameplay with such a heavy narrative like this and do it so well yes yeah i agree i agree i think that there's there's a lot of like, there's a lot of ways this story could have gone. There's a lot of ways this story could have been done. I, I will say that every time I've played it, I've appreciated it more and more. And one thing I appreciated more in playing it this time is when you start paying attention to it, you don't realize, it because you don't think about it, how lonely the idea of Ellie being immune. That's a lonely, lonely idea when she's the only immune person that in this universe we know of. That means that at some point, everyone she knows is likely going to succumb to that affection or that infection. You know, that's a lonely existence, and she kind of knows that more than anyone else. I, I don't know. That's one of my favorite scenes in the game every time I play it is that scene in the ranch house. Uh, let's talk about other moments in the game that, you know, we love. Obviously, Winter is, I think, pretty much unanimously across most of the fan base. That's, like, everybody's favorite part of this game because, you know, it's a very dark part of the game. It, you know, leave, it, it begins with you playing as Ellie after Joel as, you know been impaled by some rhubarb uh or rebarb i don't know how to pronounce that word i'm a fucking idiot but uh <laughs> so we, we, we were close enough uh kyle first time through the game and then thacker i'll let you go after him uh, just what were some moments in this game that stuck out to you and what were your favorite parts of this game um one of my favorite parts was definitely uh meeting david in winter yes <laughs> because I remember when you told me that Nolan North was in this game and you were like, you're never going to guess who it is because, you know, he wanted his character to be unrecognizable. I was like, oh, psh, I know Nolan North. I'll recognize him. I met David and I was like, oh, who's this guy? You know, 15 minutes later, you know, I'm still not getting it. And Rusty was like, so you know who that is? And I was like, no, who is he? He was like, that's Nolan North. And I was just like, no way. <laughs> There's no way, dude. It was so cool. His character was done so well. Oh, it's awesome. And then he ends up being the bad guy. Dude, I was so mad. I was like, no, stop. What but it was like, yeah. So I'm sorry. Like, but, you know, when 
when you meet him, you really like him. It was almost the opposite. Like, you really like him, and then, you know, his buddy comes back, and they take Ellie, and then you start having these scenes where, you know, uh, she's basically imprisoned by him, and you really start hating him. I was, like, so upset that he was the bad guy, but he did it so well. I I really enjoyed their character interactions because it felt so real. And that's, I, I got to say, that's now one of my favorite <laughs> uh, Nolan North characters. I will tell you, one of my favorite things about this character by Nolan North, and he says this in the Grounded, you know, the making of the Last of Us documentary that is included with this, by the way, so that's... That's fucking awesome. Uh, One thing I love that he says is that he didn't want the character to be Nathan Drake. He didn't want to be recognizable. And really just shows how talented Nolan North is because you don't recognize him at all when he's on. In fact, I didn't know that was him until really like two or three years ago. The game came out in like 2013. So I think that's incredible. Thacker, what parts kind of stuck out to you? Uh, Well... Like like you said, the, the entire winter scene was incredible and really took you for shock getting towards the end of it. In fact, uh, I think that was roughly the part where when you stayed over, yep. you woke up <laughs> and I was in the middle of it and I just couldn't put the controller down. But there was another like section of the game that really kind of stood out of the whole loneliness trait of this entire game that really kind of hits you in the feels. Um, And it's when you're going through the town and everything with Sam and Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Henry. I was trying to think of his name. Um, Not like that. That entire section really just made me think like, they are truly in a place of kill or be killed and fight to survive. Yep. And it, it, I remember asking you because when you had the choice to either save Henry or save Sam, I ended up saving Sam. And I remember asking you, what happens if you save Henry? Does, does Sam still like get bitten and turned? And you had told me, yeah, uh, it's the same story regardless. And I'm like, that's really, I didn't like how, like, I was like, I didn't like how your decision didn't matter. But at the same time, it, it made sense with it. I was blown away with it. Just couldn't, couldn't even think like, I thought I had made the right decision of like, saving sam but no like oh man it was it was just another part of the game that really stood out as that survival style game yeah i've had people tell me that same kind of thing that they wish that their choices mattered a little more in this game and the way that i've always explained it is I feel like Naughty Dog, and what I respect about them in both Last of Us Part 1 and Last of Us Part 2, they have a story they clearly want to tell. And you are going to play that story regardless of whether you agree with what's going on on screen or not. And that's a lot more prevalent in Last of Us Part 2 with 
you know, the dark, dark path that Ellie goes down when, you know, with the events of that game. Um, but I, I do respect Naughty Dog for having a story they want to tell and, and not, and really not, I don't want to say not giving the player the choice, but essentially forcing the player, you know, you're going down that path because there's only one path to go down. Um, right. so I do, I do appreciate that. So let's talk about the ending of this game before we get into like gameplay, cause we're already about 20 minutes into this episode. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the ending. Um, obviously like we've, we know how last of us part two goes where, you know, Abby comes along and kills Joel because Joel killed her father, who was the surgeon that was going to operate on Ellie. We, we kind of know where that goes. What do we think about the ending of this game ethically? Now that you kind of know the story of last of us part two, what do we think about that? I think that this makes Joel the bad guy. It does. Because not only did he just take that choice away from Ellie, he also kind of doomed the rest of humanity. Like, they could have had a cure. And yes, unfortunately, that would have meant that, you know, Ellie was going to die. But I think that the beginning of this game really sets the tone of, you know getting comfortable with loss yep and i get joel didn't want to have to go through that again but also at the same time he recovered the whole this whole game was also about him recovering from the loss of his daughter and he unfortunately made the choice to uh give us a second game and that game ended up with him dying after seeing everything that played out how this went i don't think his choice was worth it because look at what ellie had to suffer through yeah because of the choice that you made for her you know and it didn't even end up well for joel because he ended up getting killed like it was just it, it it was bad all around and you know i think that it would be very interesting if in the third game Ellie were to meet another immune person, though. I, oh, I didn't even think about that. That would be wild. That would be... And then, you know, that... Dude, that changes everything. Whew. That's a discussion for another day. <laughs> <laughs> that's another theory. That's another theory episode we can do later. <laughs> yes. Oh, that'd be fun. Um, no, like, it, you hit it spot on, Kyle. Like, this the ending makes Joel the bad guy because Ellie had to have known that for her to be used for a vaccine, she would have to die. Yeah. I, I refuse to believe that she didn't know that. Like I know there are a lot of people that say she didn't know. I refuse to believe that she didn't know that that's really naive. Like, and it's prevalent whenever you actually get to the city and you see how Ellie reacted to seeing giraffes. Mm -hmm. Like you, it's very prevalent there and it just really makes you notice. It makes you notice that this is actually a thing. This, that she knew that this was going to happen. Making Joel the bad guy, taking that choice away. I think if I had to try to even justify it, it's, 
Joel not wanting to go through that heartbreak of losing someone he cared about again. Yeah. Because he lost Sarah. He lost Tess. Um, almost lost Tommy. Like, through their fighting. But it was one of those where... Yeah. It, you really see that at the end. And it's... Ending was phenomenal in itself. But it's just... It makes me now want to actually go through and play the second game since I haven't. Really good. It is a really good game. I think you would enjoy it. I think that the ending of this game, I really wish that y'all could have reacted to this game in 2013 because the ending is really, really sudden. Like, it's really, really sudden. And. In 2013, we had no idea what it meant. We had no idea. We didn't know if we would be getting a sequel. We had no idea if it was just, oh, this is just a sudden ending to your game. We really didn't have any clue, like, how this ending would, would, would you know, what it would lead to. So, I, I've always, I've had kind of, I've tried to have a nuanced take on Joel's actions because I want to understand them and I want to understand his point of view. Uh... I think that people that just automatically say he was in the right because the Fireflies would have weaponized a vaccine, I completely disagree with that because outside of bombing uh, a military checkpoint because they were attacked first, I don't really know what the Fireflies... I don't really know anything wrong or bad they did in this game. And I don't think anybody has ever really thought about that. People try to villainize the Fireflies. I don't know that the Fireflies ever really did anything wrong. So that's just kind of my belief. I, I think that Joel does become the villain, and he's definitely the villain of the story when you throw in, you know, Abby and her father from the second game. He's definitely the villain of the story. Um, but again, I like that this game, there is a lot of nuance and there's, you know, a lot of context that is needed. It's not as simple as Joel becomes the bad guy. It's, it's a very long, drawn-out process that you see over the entire course of this story. So I maintain... It's still one of the greatest stories. I'd say the second best story behind, again, God of War 2018 in video game history. Let's talk gameplay because the gameplay is always, for some reason in this game, the gameplay has been hotly contested. Some people love it. Some people don't. I think the gameplay is fantastic. Uh, Kyle, you were big on the modifiers. So yes. talk about how the modifiers really changed this game for you. I really enjoy the replayability with the modifiers because... You know, first of all, you don't get them until you beat the game. Um, but yeah, it's because they want you to play the game the way it's meant to be played, experience the story, and then you can go back through and just be fucking wacky with it. You can throw on infinite ammo, infinite crafting supplies, one-hit kills. You know, you can have it to where time slows down when you aim. You can change the voice pitch. There's just so much stuff to play around with in replaying the game. And it's so much fun to go through these crazy big shootouts and melee everyone. <laughs> or, yes. you know, go through with just unlimited ammo and just blast people away. It's it's It really adds, I think, an extra level to the game because it is such a serious down-to-earth narrative and... To go back through with this just wacky, goofy, you know, gameplay is... It's a lot of fun, especially when you have 
the beautiful dual sense functions in this yes. game. Yes. Shooting the guns has never felt better. The haptic feedback in the controller when you are, you know, next to things like generators, like, you know, when you were feeling the footsteps of the infected around you, when you're trying to sneak through them, hearing the sounds come out of the controller. I mean, there's just so much here that was added that you didn't get, you know, on the PS3 or the PS4 version. And the graphics. Holy shit. This is why this game is a remake. This is yeah. not a remaster. This is a remake. They rebuilt this game. If you compare this even to the PS4 version, it is a noticeable difference. I love that they decided to do this. I think that the only negative I have is the price point. It is a little bit pricey. But after playing through it, the content that you get... I think it's honestly worth it, especially when they even did a, uh, a complete remake of the DLC. Yes, I was going to add that. Like at Them adding in Left Behind really ups the value of this game a lot. I had never played Left Behind before, and I absolutely loved it. It added about an hour and a half of gameplay to the game, um, and that may not seem like a ton, but I, I genuinely loved Left Behind. So, Thacker, uh, just... Talk about some of the gameplay from your I know you love the DualSense as well. Does the DualSense take this game to another level? Most definitely. Um, I, I feel like the DualSense is the talking point of this game. Outside of the story alone. Uh, the DualSense functions that are brought in, as Kyle touched up on, being able to feel every single vibration all the way from the beginning of the game to the very end with generators, explosions. I like Kyle and I were sitting there drooling over the fact that in the very beginning you have three explosions off in the distance and you felt each one of them go off. Yep. Yes. You felt the car accelerating and braking. You felt the generator as you got closer and further away from it. You felt everything with that dual sense. And that's just from feel alone. You add sound into it, sitting there sneaking around, hearing clickers in the distance, and actually being able to tell kind of what direction they're coming from. Just amazing capabilities with this game. And if, if you had told me before anything that this game had came out beforehand i i probably would have told you no there's no way this game was made for the ps5 yes i 100 percent agree with that i like, think that it, oh go ahead kyle or thacker my bad well kyle i guess you and i are switching names now <laughs> <laughs> i'm leaving that in fuck it i'm leaving that in but no yeah. like it's it's literally amazingness with it. And price point wise, like it's it's a seventy dollar game. It's a new game. I yes, it's a little steep with it being a uh remake, but it's worth it. Every step of the way because you get the documentaries behind it, you get the DLC behind it. 
and you get a new game altogether. So, personally, I think the price might be a little steep, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah, I agree. I think that the price is certainly... There's certainly reason to question it, especially when it was first announced. We had plenty of reason to question it, and I know, Kyle, we've had numerous conversations about this, about is this game worth $70? I paid $100 for the Firefly Edition, and while to this day I'm not, like, thrilled that I did, I'm not, like, incredibly excited that I did, you know, I'm still... I'm 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 still happy that I got it because the Firefly Edition one sold out literally everywhere. So and I'm and when I saw that everything it came with, I was very happy with what I bought. Uh, I would have loved for the base version of this game to maybe be fifty dollars, and for the Firefly to be maybe closer to eighty, and drop about twenty bucks both ways. Um, but I think we can agree as a whole that you definitely get your money's worth. Even if you don't maybe feel comfortable about paying that $70 price tag. That's definitely a, another deep, in-depth discussion we can have another time. But I think that there's a lot here for your money. I do wish that factions would have been included. I know that they're working on that, you know, that factions online uh, IP is what Naughty Dog is working on right now. But I definitely wish that factions would have been included here because it would have been awesome. I never really got into it back in the day, and I would have loved to have gotten into it now, especially playing with you guys. Uh, so Kyle and Thacker, I'm, I'm going to let you all close this out here. So we all have different play styles in a lot of these kinds of games. What were y'all's favorite weapons to use in this game? Ooh, dude, that's a hard one for me. I, I used a lot, <laughs> but... Man, honestly, for me, I really liked the hunting rifle that you get. It was very powerful. You know, you didn't get a lot of ammo in the magazine, but, I mean, just the feel, the kick, the the trigger pull, it was so, you know, captivating. It, I... I really enjoyed the, I, I enjoyed a lot of the guns, but I think the hunting rifle is one I used most for big shootouts, just because I was able to quickly, you know, snap to enemies and take them out with one shot. Like, sorry, I blanked. Uh, <laughs> no, like, it's one of those, like, Kyle, you and I are notorious for stealing each other's answers every time, and I love it. Um, I guess that's part of the reason of knowing each other for so long. You get kind of the same mindset. I love the hunting rifle. Um, but there was actually a weapon that I ended up using more than it, even in my stealth areas. And that was the bow. I enjoyed the hunting rifle because you were able to actually go through and easily take care of crowds and everything. But the bow, I enjoyed the stealth with it, where... Even if it wasn't a direct headshot and you get a upper torso, it's the same effect as a one-shot kill. And I absolutely loved it. I I liked being able to actually feel with the dual sense of the drawback of the bow and the actual release. Having that feeling of it just made that bow even more lovable for me and i know that um and of course 
I know Rusty saw you and I play this game a little differently than normal because <laughs> there were a couple areas where I remember Rusty telling me, you know, you and he told me that uh, apparently, Kyle, you and I just played this differently from anyone because we'll either try to have a shootout with somebody or we'll sneak at the wrong places. And I, it was <laughs> hilarious to me. What and I what I said was that I saw I saw y'all do things in this game that I didn't know were possible. I'm not even going to cap. I didn't, like, when Tess dies early on, and I learned this in Kyle's game, I didn't know that you could wait for the guards to get upstairs to where you are because I've always been so used to just, you know, continuing down the path and, you know, trying to escape and Kyle's just sitting there waiting for him. I was like, What? What what are you what are you doing, Kyle? Time to go, Kyle. What are we doing? That, like, moment, of, uh, that moment, did your controller die? <laughs> like that's what I was sitting there thinking. I was like, uh, Kyle, what are we doing? I was here, waiting bro? to get revenge for Tess. I was gonna kill those bastards and I did it too. <laughs> he, he did do it, so yeah, I, I, I saw I saw you guys pull some things off that I've never seen. I guess we're also all on the same wavelength because the hunting rifle was up there for me too. Um, I also love Del Diablo though. I, I love some of the handheld weapons or some of the single hand weapons that you get in this game. Like El Diablo, Shorty, the revolver. I, I love a lot of those weapons, mainly because headshots are super satisfying to pull off with those weapons. So yes. as a whole, I think we can all agree this is a fantastic game. I absolutely love this game. I know you guys did too. I think it's safe to say it's probably going to rank pretty highly on our top 10, but we'll have to get to December 1st before uh, before we, we make that official. So that is going to do it for this episode of Side Mission. As you've probably noticed... You can listen to us on a variety of platforms now. We're not just on Spotify. We love Spot. We love Spotify. We really do. But we are now everywhere where you get your podcasts. So that's Apple Podcasts, fucking Deezer, fucking iHeartRadio, TuneIn, uh, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music. We're everywhere now. Just be sure when you search for Side Mission Podcast, make sure you are not clicking on the one that has 94.7 on it. That is from the older days of the podcast. That is not where our new episodes are. Be sure to click on the one that has our graphic, that has you know my myself, Kyle, and Matt in our favorite video game character form on it. Thacker will eventually be added to that whenever he ponies up the money. But well, who knows when that day will be? <laughs> who knows when that day will be? But just look for that one. Make sure you're clicking on the right one that's got all of our new episodes. You can follow us on Twitter at SideMissionPod. You can follow us on Facebook, SideMissionPodcast. It's really easy to find. For Kyle, for Thacker, I'm Rusty. Thanks for listening.